Welcome to the Be Investable podcast, where people come to gain valuable insight on what it takes to be investable. My name is Michael Melfi, and today I'm enthusiastic to have Judy Robinette joining us, where we talk all about funding and cracking the funding code. Judy is a business thought leader who has been profiled in Fast Company, Forbes, Vogue, CNN, and Bloomberg Businessweek. For more than 30 years, she has helped entrepreneurs find needed capital by connecting them with venture capitalists, angel investors, and other sources of funding. Judy is an author and has a new book coming out, Crack the Funding Code, How Investors Think and What They Need to Hear to Fund Your Startup, published by Harper's Collin Leadership. I'm so thankful you've joined us on the show, Judy. Loved our our conversations leading up and and looking forward to your your infinite wisdom we're going to be talking about today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Michael. And I want to obviously have a very illustrious career and I want to dive in with that as CEO of public and private companies. What attracted you to really move in this world around over the last 30 years working with entrepreneurs? (laughs) So I started being a CEO of a little public company that had been delisted. They were in litigation. They were broke. and, And I thought, you know, what the heck? I'll see if I can help. And, and I learned how to raise millions upon millions of dollars. And so what excites me about startups is there's always a lot of chaos and it gives you the ability to create anything you want. And I wanted to help people figure out funding. The more people I worked with, the more I saw that they needed help with really understanding how to create luck, positioning themselves so they are investable, as you say. But I, I find it fascinating. And the other thing is I truly believe it is the one way we change the world. And Clayton Christensen has a new book out called The Prosperity Paradox. It yeah. talks about the trillions in aid that have gone to these countries and they're worse off. And that can't be top down. It needs to be bottom up from entrepreneurs. So I do want to, you know, change the world a little bit, pay for my rent here on earth. Huh. I, I love that. We could talk about Clay's book because it's great. We're going we're gonna to save, save it and talk a little about your book. Before we hop into that, you've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs. Most of them have been pretty successful. You've seen some that haven't been. And I would ask you, what is the biggest challenge that you see that entrepreneurs face as they go through their entrepreneurial journey? You know, the biggest, the most important thing for them to understand is they need to be coachable. You know, the number one sure-fired way of getting you exit, you know, kicked out the, the room is to be a know-it-all because everybody, it, it takes a team and you have to be willing to be coached and get help. You cannot do this by yourself. And, you know, you can't be a pain in the neck to work with. There's a thousand other people beating on the door at the angel groups or the VCs or the family offices. Mm -hmm. And and angel investors want to be able to coach you and help you. So, you know, that is really critical, you know, really critical to do your homework, that you know your numbers. I tell people, don't come across like an amateur. So, you know, you'll look like a deer in headlights usually when they first say, what is your customer acquisition cost? <laughs> and that's why it's so important to have, you know, solid financials. And, you know, you can't say any, things like, I'm going to be a billion dollars in six months. And, you know, if we just get 1% of the market in China, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, you laugh and, and I laugh, but I still meet people that do that. They exaggerate, you know, what's going on because they haven't done their homework. You know, and and a big thing is they don't know their customer. I mean, there's two reasons startups fail. Number one is lack of a customer. Number two is lack of funding. And, you know, I tell people, if you haven't got a customer, it's a hobby. (laughs) Right. No, it's absolutely correct. I mean, it's funny you say that is that I always tell people, you know, come in prepared, but you're better off telling, say, you know, I don't know. That's a great question. Let me get back to you than to lie about it or to overstretch the truth. Because, yeah. this isn't the investor's first rodeo, right? And so, yeah. you know, it's 
and I think the other side, it's interesting, is that the, the coachability will be funny sometimes. Someone will send a pitch deck and you'll give them feedback on it, right? Like, we've seen enough of them to know what's going to make the muster test to get you to the dance. <laughs> and then they tell, you know, you get, you get told, well, no, we need those 30 slides in here because this is just how my presentation goes. And it's like, and we're going to get to this. It's not about you. It's about the investor, right? It's their That's money, right. right. That's right. Talk about that. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you about securing the funding. Is there funding? Is there one thing that you find is the biggest challenge entrepreneurs have in securing funding? So many of them don't understand the ecosystem, Michael. One of my favorite quotes is Einstein, if you're going to play the game, you'd better know the rules. Mm -hmm. And so I meet people all the time that don't know there's 300 angel groups across the nation equally dispersed, north, south, west, east, and they also don't understand that 75% of them only invest in the state they're at. And so you can find investors everywhere. They don't know that family offices, it's something like 75% of them now invest. Mm -hmm. and, they, and they don't know corporate VCs. So they don't understand how the ecosystem, really who's got the money, mm -hmm. and then how to get access to it. So those are big ones. And then probably the third one is, and you touched on this, I see people that, you know, have outrageous pitch decks and, and it wastes people's times. Mm -hmm. It shows that you don't know how to think. You haven't yeah. been able to boil it. I tell people if they can't tell me the value proposition in two sentences, see you later, you know, get back to me. Right. And I'll it's give you an example of the University of Utah. I worked with their tech transfer group and we had this doctor come in. He knew I'm not a scientist or he spends 20 minutes going through the mechanism of action and the chemistry and yada, yada, yada. And, and I said, just tell me in two sentences. And he said, I can't, it's too complicated. And I said, how about it fixes a hole in the heart, which is what it did. <laughs> sure, sure. So, so pitch deck is critical and, you know, having those pro formas and done by somebody who knows the startup world, not your cousin who's a bookkeeper or the local accountant in town, and somebody sophisticated enough that can drill down on the assumptions. Well, I, I love it. We're, you know, we're going to dive in and talk about the book you wrote. And I think what's interesting is, at least from my point of view, and the fact that you wrote a book on it, I think you would agree with this, is that we can demystify what it takes to get fundraising. You need, like you said, you need a customer. You need to be solving a, a problem. And once you have that, assuming you can check that box, Oh, there's almost a process or a system for how to go about getting yeah. funding to, to crack Absolutely. the Absolutely. Right. And the most important, you know, is, you know, I tell people, get the second date. So yeah. they have to know you, like you, and trust you to fund you. Right. You know, you know nobody's going to write a check the size that will build a house without, you know, knowing you, liking you, and, and trusting you. So you have to go in from the idea that, you know, you build trust. And, and I call it the three C's. You know, we've touched on one, be coachable. You have to have ability to have confidence because if you're not confident in front of there, people are thinking, dude, can you really get sales? And the third one's character. You know, yeah. you don't want the, you know, I call it the dark triad, the narcissistic, Machiavellian, sociopaths. Howard Stevenson, you know, head of entrepreneurism at Harvard for years and years and years, wrote a great book for angel investors on how to find good deals and how to yeah. value them. He said the first time he hears an exaggeration or a lie you know, he leaves because he knows his money will be flushed down the drain. Mm -hmm. So character, character is yep. critical. Yep, absolutely. Just, we, were, we were just in a, a big group. We were doing some judging and one of the pitches, everything was perfect. We all loved him. And when someone pointed out, well, you know, he had a slide up there of one of his social media channels and the number on the social media didn't match the actual number in real life. So yeah. we photoshopped yeah. <laughs> right? it, yeah. You want to really like them, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. do that, it was like, whoa, yeah. right? Like, yeah. what's this person's character? And it was just interesting when you say that. Yeah. I'm holding in front, I'm holding the book, Crack the Funding Code, How Investors Think and What They Need to Hear to Fund Your Startup that you wrote. 
loved it, first of all. It was a great read. I want to ask you, what spurred you to write this book? You know, I have just been so sad over the years of meeting really smart entrepreneurs that did have, you know, the right character, the right business model, and they could not figure out how to get funded. And, you know, that really troubled me. And then I also was angry. There's those bad actors out there that have taken advantage of people. So I really wrote the book to help people understand in a very practical, hands-on how they could execute, how they could develop a strategy. And it's not simplistic, but it's simple. And so I wanted people to, you know, enjoy my 25 years many times getting bricks to the head so that they really understood, you know, what they can do. Yeah. I'll say it. It's an MBA in fundraising. I'd read oh. it. I loved it. <laughs> the appendixes alone are great. Obviously, I knew oh, thank you. Still coming out, but it was awesome. You know, in the book, you talk about, uh, you know, quote unquote, this golden age of funding for entrepreneurs. I agree with you. Can you share with the listening audience what you mean by that? Yeah. So, you know, Shark Tank started. It was one of the top five most watched shows in the nation. So now I've got teenagers who can come up to me and tell me what evaluation is. <laughs> we have entrepreneurial programs all the way down to grade school. You know, almost every college, every university, there's a thousand incubators in the nation. There continues to be new people coming in as investors. And then we have, you know, crowdfunding and now we're moving to tokenized securities. So I just think it's the golden age because you can access literally anybody. You can get the best information out there. You can go to Quora. So all the top investors in the world, Andreessen, Brad Feld out of Denver, they write blogs. I mean, you can just Google, how do I put together a term sheet or what, are, what is hair on the deal? And you can find the best thinking in the world out there. And you know, the information on you know, all these angel groups have got websites. Mm -hmm. So to me, that is golden because it really helps people have the information and access. And I'm not going to give away too much because I want them to go read the book, but we're going to talk okay. about more things. One thing you talked about was there's three things to getting an entrepreneur funded. And just like a high level, you talked about information, access, and expertise. Yep. You want to just kind, of just kind of talk to that a little bit for our listeners? I thought it was such a, so relevant, so important. Yeah. So you really do need to have the, the right information. You know, if you walk in and, and you're just like goo-goo about your Kool-Aid and how wonderful it is, mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't cut it. And your Kool-Aid yeah. may be great, but the most important thing is you need to understand you have to mitigate risk as viewed by the investor. So in that room, that investor is your customer. And so you need to focus on them. They want to know when they're going to get their money back and how much. They want to know you've got a team that can execute and do what you say you're going to do. So, you know, those things are just absolutely critical. And then access, you know, you can, New York Angels in my world, I consider them the best angel group in the world. You can Google them, look them up. They have their entire application process online. So you can, you know, you've got that information. And, you know, I teach people, Mike, I call it my two golden questions. You meet with people. It can be your local bankers. It can be accountants that work with startups. It can be attorneys that work with startups. Tell them your idea and then say, what other ideas do you have for me? And number two, who else do you know I should talk to? This has landed me, you know, at the Royal Palace, at the White House, you know, and I was bullied and shy, knew no one. And it allows you literally to have other people do the networking for you because everybody knows about 600 people. So, and those are simple asks. Yeah. And so that will give you access. And, you know, most people will help you if you ask. It's just, you've got to ask. Absolutely. And to that access, you know, people have said you have a titanium digital Rolodex. Right? <laughs> I, 
yeah, you alluded to it. it didn't start out that way you didn't wake up with just that how did this come to be and I, th- I think you kind of answered us already but what's the secret to you building it is it those two questions you just said really well you know thinking back it's being generous i mean i figured out finally in life that everybody alive's got a problem and that problem is somebody else's solution and that's adding value and so i work very hard to add value to everybody that I meet. While I was in New York, I went to WeWork in Brooklyn where my friend gave a million dollars for scholarships for young black minority folks that are going to code. And I met, his name is Young Guru. He is Jay-Z's sound engineer. And I very quickly determined that I could just make a couple of key introductions. And I will ask people, what do you need? I mean, I was at a big event and met a billionaire BC. And I said to him, what do you need? He said, oh my gosh, I've got this artificial intelligence conference coming up. I need to find a couple of speakers. Boom. So when you get comfortable saying, what do you need? How can I help you? And then you get comfortable with adding value. And it can just be a kind listening ear or a compliment. So generosity, adding value. And the other one was I learned to talk to strangers. So, you know, last night I get on my flight from New York to Salt Lake City and I'm stuck in the middle row in the back of the plane. I'm usually in first class (laughs) and it's only happened to me one other time, but I thought, you know, I'm just going to have faith. There's going to be someone to talk to. I start talking to the guy next to me who has several very successful companies that he grew. He's an entrepreneur and his name is Randy Garden and started out in the, the restaurant business and he now does heirloom tomatoes and has, you know, products all over the world. And he said, you know, the guy in front of us right there? And I said, yeah. He said, he's the producer of Vice. Would you like to meet him? Oh, and my brother-in-law is the CFO of Ancestry.com. <laughs> and so, you know, here I am sitting by, you know, a stranger. And I tell people, and it took me a while. And, you know, we're taught strangers are dangerous. But it yeah. works as kids, but not adults. <laughs> and most people really need to get out of their comfort zone and talk to other people. And you find out people will talk to you and you'll just meet the most amazing people and they'll help. Perfect, perfect. And I guess, you know, kind of alluding to that power connecting in 2014, you wrote a book, How to Be a Power yeah. Connector, even if, and even if you're the power connector assessment. So it comes natural to you. You connect with people sitting in the plane, sitting at an airport, <laughs> yeah. probably in line at a, at a Starbucks. But yep. for those people who don't, What's some advice for entrepreneurs as far as when they're looking to, and obviously the answer would be show up places and talk to people. Right. If you right. point them in a direction, what would be some yeah. places they're looking for investors? Where do you think they start? Give them a couple points. Yeah. Here. So you have to get in the right room. So, yeah, you know, the- humans are like chickens. They flock. Yeah. Investors, number one problem is finding a good deal. And so they're out at the incubators. They're mm-hmm. out at angel groups. They're out at pitch events. They're out at conferences. Yeah. You know, they hang out with entrepreneurs at universities at Tech Transfer. And Dave Burkus, who's a, a super angel, who's in, in my book on his valuation theory, he told me how he had become a very successful entrepreneur and then decided he wanted to invest in entrepreneurs, didn't know how to find them. Mm-hmm. And so he finally figured out to go to the top lawyer in town, the top banker and the top accountant that he found out worked with some of the startups. And so that's how he found them. And so, you know, I said that earlier, there's an entire service industry that works with startups and it's not too hard. And particularly with Google, get on LinkedIn, you'll be amazed. You know, I met a guy at the Marriott again, just talking to him. He's their VP of all things social media. And I've just been asked to help a company called Loungeable. And, you know, so you can find almost anything online. And if you approach strangers and the two secrets with that is you offer a compliment or ask a question. 
Yeah. But I, but really, Michael, you know, I, I couldn't talk to anybody. I mean, I started with the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it was really hard for me to do the first hellos. Huh. And then I found out people kind of liked me. It was kind of a shock and that they liked <laughs> talk. And then yeah. I made it a game to see if I could talk to anyone. So, for instance, I pulled up at a restaurant and I said to my friend, whoever the car is that pulls in next to us, I'm going to figure out how to talk to them. So they pulled in. <laughs> I look at their license and they've got an Idaho license plate. So I get out and I go, I was, I lived in Idaho. Where, where do you live? And that ended in, you know, a five minute conversation. People it. love to be cared about. Men love to be told their shoes look great, their watch, their clothes. Yeah. Uh, people like to be cared about. You know, it, it's, you're hundred percent. Those are invaluable. And thank you for sharing those. A funny story. You know, we do a monthly pitch competition and I always tell people cause they forget. I, I do it twice to them during the meeting. I say, look around. And yeah. I have people actually raise their hand. Who is an investor? Because 10 to 12% of the room are people that acknowledge themselves as I'm an investor. And then yeah. I go, okay, who's the entrepreneurs? And half of the room raises their hand. And then who's the service providers? And I say, yeah. okay, if you didn't pay attention to anything else today, you now know who to go talk to. And that's yeah. in any room. If you just show up to the places, like you said, we're like chickens, we're going to flock together. So it's, <laughs> it's just a matter of, yeah. you know, I tell people it's about showing up. And even the service professionals, I get asked all the time, you know, where can I go? How can I find more clients? And I go, where would your clients go? Show yeah. up there and talk to them, right? Yeah. Investors are clients, like you said. So it's really yeah. great. You know, I want to talk about this because it's something that I, it's something that's just near and dear to me is, is the pitch deck. And in the book, you kind of talked about the 10, 20, 30 rule about boiling down a pitch that guy Kawasaki talks about. If you could give kind of an over blanketing of your thoughts on pitch decks and their length, I'd love to hear just your two cents on it. Yeah. So, you know, my first advice is to go online and, and find best cases. You, you know, people already have figured this out. You can go pull up Guy, Brad Feld, any number of people and look at those carefully and craft something similar. You only need 10 pitch slides. I mean, the important thing is who is your team? What is your go-to-market strategy? You know, what are your financials? What's that ROI going to be? A bit about your market. And that's all they care to hear about. They don't want to waste their time going through 20 or 30 slides. This is the first date. Yep. So it's important to do that. It's important to have the graphics. I'll send a couple of really good slide decks that we can attach to yeah. the show notes. Sure. I work with a guy out of California. His name is John Lucey, who is an expert in pitch yeah. decks. And I had him work with a fellow who couldn't find funding for love or money. And part of it was he didn't have the right story. And after two hours with John, the first group he showed his pitch deck to was a family office and they offered him a million dollars. Beautiful. And so that pitch deck is absolutely critical. And you just realize it's showing off your best thinking. So you had better do your homework. Don't make foolish statements like there's no market. I have no competition. Correct. If there's no competition, you have no market. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. And, and the other thing that's really important is, and people will do this, you can find an investor or a, a successful entrepreneur, ask them to review it and give you feedback. Yeah. So one of my friends is Adam Slovic. He's done a billion dollar IPO, wonderful angel investor in Salt Lake City. If you buy him lunch, he'll spend two hours with you and go yeah. through your assumptions, give you ideas. That stuff is really critical so you don't burn through the critical meetings. Like I don't take people first to the New York angels. I start them with some local folks, yeah. help them get their confidence, help them hear what those objections are going to be so they can move forward. Yeah. It's funny. I'll tell people, have you pitched your family and friends? And they're like, well, I'd never ask them for money. And I said, I don't want them to give you money. You can practice on them and they're not going to make fun of you or kick you out of the room. Just yep. use it as practice, <laughs> if nothing else. Use them as batting practice. But you know, if they yeah. have to give you 
money, that's a bonus. But you, yeah. you got to get, like you said, those reps in are so important. And, it, you know, it's interesting. And I, and I know this, and I want to just reiterate this to the listening audience is that I wanted to do this podcast interview with you to demystify some of these things around fundraising. You and I both talked about it, is that if you can demonstrate how you can be investable, if you can do some of the basic blocking and tackling, you and I are talking about in this brief podcast or what you talk about in the book, the funding's out there, as you yeah. said. Yeah. The, we're in the golden age of funding. You know, I, I do want to talk about one thing that we haven't talked about yet. And actually, I love when I'm flipping through the book that you spend so much time on this. And it was really about how important the business model is, how important the financials are to an investor in those conversations. And I, I know we aren't taught this per se. You know, I happen to learn this because I went through junior achievement when I was in middle school and I, I just realized how important numbers were. You know, to me, I call financials the love language of the investors. And yeah. they want to be able to, they want to be able to know that you understand how you're going to get an ROI. And I just thought you touched that. I'd love to just get kind of your feedback. I mean, you talked a lot about putting together the right financials, surrounding yourself with the right person to build a financial statement. Yeah. And you know, it's not your uncle Bill who happens to be an accountant or the bookkeeper no. down the street. You need somebody that has expertise that's worked with entrepreneurs. My go-to guy is David Meister in New York City. He's worked at VCs. He was recommended to me by the New York Angels. Charges about $200 an hour. Can crank out the best performance I've ever seen. And, you know, anybody can come up with numbers, but you want somebody who can get behind and look at the assumptions because the investors are going to want to know, when are you going to break even? When are you going to get cash through the door? And, you know, you say you're going to have 600, you know, million or 60 million in sales. So, but you don't show that you've hired any salespeople on here. Right. right. And how many phone calls are they going to have to make? You know, what's that going to cost you? And so somebody that's really good can help you with that. Now, something that I want everybody to understand, another really right room is your local SBA and the Small Business Development Center. There's one of those in every county in the United States. SCORE, you know, the the group of retired executives, they will all help you with your pitch deck. They've all done it and they all have connections to investors. Mm -hmm. And mind you, those are complimentary resources funded by the government, right? So, you know, you have to pay for those and there, there are great resources out there. So obviously, this, this has been great talking about your book, and I do have a few more questions for you. I do want to ask, so the book came out, it's, it's been published by Amacom and Harper Collins Leadership, and uh, if someone wanted to get a book, and we'll include it in the link in the notes, but where would they go get a book if they want to get one? So you can order it on Amazon now, and if you pre-order it on Amazon, I include a workbook that is really good. It's about 30 pages of really in-depth how-to that goes a little deeper than the book. So you can go on Amazon and and order it. It comes out officially February 5th. I'm going to be on Yahoo Finance and different places. So I think after that, it'll be available in bookstores, but I just tell people Amazon. And it also was uh, purchased by Audible. And so if you would rather listen, you can certainly get it from them as well. Awesome. That's great. Well, it's a great read. I love reading it. Uh, Before we wrap up, I want to talk to you a little bit about Be Investable. As you know, it's the Be Investable podcast. And as we were talking about it is, you know, the the skills and knowledge are part of it. That attitude mindset can be so important. Uh, What are your thoughts around the mindset of an entrepreneur and how important it is in their journey? Yeah, so I will often meet with people and they're, they're a little terrified in their boots about meeting with these people that have money and they know you're broke. They know you need money. So, you know, you don't have to have any excuses or feel bad about it. And I learned something when I became CEO of this little public company that should have never been public. I walked around the house for six months saying, I can't be the CEO of a little public company. And my PR guy took me aside and said, Judy, I'm going to teach you something that I learned from a top actor. And he couldn't get bit roles in in acting and he wanted to do that after being in a training video for HP. 
And this guy had him walk around the house and say out loud, I am perfect for the part. I am perfect for the part. And that helped me. And I tell people to do that. It's amazing if that will help you shift your mindset. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, talking about presenting, there's a woman that is a communications guru in Utah named Leslie Kawai that I also will send people to. And she will do a live have you present, give you input, really helps people build their confidence. Really important to look the part, you know, wear the nice clothes, really important to sound the part, mm-hmm. you know, understand what hair on the deal is and some of that other lingo that VCs use. Yeah. So you look like you've really done your homework. And confidence, you can, you can make that happen. You can. Yeah. And it, and it helps, you know, it helps when you go talk to the SBA or score. Every time you, you do one of these to a friend or an attorney, you'll get better at it. And you want to get so good at it, you don't have to refer to notes. Absolutely. Just a couple of those points. You know, you, I just came out of a, a demo day, a couple of demo days, and it's amazing to watch the companies mature as they go through those 12, 14 weeks because they got those prep, practice in the repetition and their belief, their confidence, their mindset really shifted for the entrepreneurs that were out there. And it's such an, you know, you alluded on it. We know you've never had, I'm just making up the number a million dollars before. Like we know that. Yeah, so yeah. now we're looking at, are you coachable? Can we work with you to get you there? Right. Can you yeah. demonstrate you have what it takes to have yeah. the dedication, the resourcefulness to be able to get there? That's why we're giving you the money because we're will, you're willing to go through that brick wall with the yeah. money to get to the next level. Right. And you know, that's why I love, you know, be investable. And, and I'll tell you the way you position yourself as a high potential deal Number one, you know what your exit's going to be. So, you know, 90 plus percent of them are strategic sales. And a great book out there called Early Exits by, I think it's Basil Peters. Mm -hmm. Great book. You know, it's only a few that that do an IPO. So be really clear on your funding strategy, not just now, but in the future. You know, where, what is that next round going to look like if all of your assumptions work together? So there you go. No, absolutely. And talking about presenting, you know, we know that, you know, at the end of the day, it's about your physiology and your voice tone as much, if not more than what you say. And I yeah. get so caught up in, I got to say the right things. Go yeah, they don't path. care. Right. Yeah. And they're forgiving. I, I yeah. mean, most of the angels I know are very forgiving. I mean, if you're coachable and willing to learn and they think you're onto something, it doesn't matter if you say the wrong thing. I'll tell you some of the best presentation I've ever seen off. You've had this happen is they stumble in the first slide or two and they just like, because they were so trying to memorize a script and then they just, you see it in their mind, they're like, screw the script, I'm just going to do it. And then they just are real and you can't help but fall in love with them. And they're, if they have a good idea, you can, it's like, I get it now. And it's so yeah. beautiful to watch. Yeah. yeah. Last question I have for you, and I appreciate all your time. You know, when you hear the words be investable, what does that mean to you? You know, all the things that we've talked about, you know, you've done your homework, you've got your story right. And you know, where the most logical person that's going to invest in you, you know, often it's friends and family, there's 279 trillion of private money. So there's no lack of money. That's usually the first place people go to the next level is is angels. And so understand who is the right person for you to go to that one is important. And then, you know, we talked about have the confidence, be coachable and exhibit your character, your values. Awesome. Well, Judy, I cannot thank you enough for joining us. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you. You're welcome. For our listeners, again, the new book's coming out, Crack the Funding Code, How Investors Think and What They Need to Hear to Fund Your Startup, published by HarperCollins Leadership. Definitely get out there, get a copy. We'll, de- we'll have it in the in the 
the show notes. And thank you so much for listening as always. Thanks again for listening to another amazing episode of the Be Investable podcast. My name is Michael Melfi, and I want to invite you to grab a copy of our recently released magazine. You can get it by going to www.getinvestable.com forward slash magazine. Just go there, put in your email address, and you'll get a copy sent to you. I want to thank you so, so much for listening. And if you're looking for how you can get more information about how you can be investable, about what you can do to transform your business, go to www.getinvestable.com and sign up for a strategic call with one of our certified advisors. Once again, I want to thank you for listening and look forward to having you join us on the next episode. Thank you.